You're listening to TBD, a podcast for brilliant coaches, consultants, helpers, and healers creating their best work and their most meaningful contribution. I'm your host, Megan Hale, business strategist and thought partner to help you distill your wisdom into your most potent offers and the multiple six figures that go with it. I'll be the first to tell you though, as someone who's done it, this path is far from a straight line. There are highs, there are lows, and so many moments of uncertainty in between. But if there are two things I know to be true, it's you always know what you need to know when you need to know it. And the next right step is always on its way. Let's do this. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to the show. So I wanted to start this episode by sharing a small little subtle tweak that I've made to my personal routine over here. So I have been a long time coffee drinker for years and years and years. There is like a sacred ritual for me having slow coffee in the morning, and I just love it. I love the smell of it. I love making it. I love frothing my milk. I love all of the things. There's just something about doing something that has that ritual feel to it that you're doing for yourself every single day that just really sets my morning off right. And I got the wild hair this past weekend of trying a mushroom coffee instead. And I've been seeing ads for a long time and haven't really been interested at all. And for some reason this past weekend, I was like, you know what? I think I want to switch to mushroom coffee. And so I purchased my first bag and I am obsessed. Like I feel a shift in just shifting this one little piece of my ritual with just how I feel like less caffeine, but feeling more alert. So anyway, I don't know if you are a mushroom coffee drinker or you have been curious, but I just wanted to share my experience because I really, really love it. And I really don't see myself going back. And as I've started having more conversations about it, I've heard that some people mix their mushrooms with coffee and I'm just drinking it straight with my typical oat milk. And it's so good. It's so Good. So if you want to check it out, I am using a brand called Rise, R-Y-Z-E, no affiliate stuff at all, but I read the reviews and everyone was saying they had tried a lot of different brands and this one in particular tastes really great. And I have to say, I agree. (laughs) So that's just one little shift that I'm making over here and it feels really, really good. So our topic for today is really when we're having the invitation to think bigger or to think differently than how we're used to doing things. And this is definitely something that has shown up in my path, like very, very recently. And where I wanted to start with this episode is to really kind of take you behind the scenes of my current approach to creating sustainable business growth, because this will serve as an anchor point for why this new invitation of this new business model that's starting to appear for me is so radically different than what I'm used to. Okay. So when it comes to business. I have two core philosophies that I really lean on and how this wants to manifest for each of my clients is going to be radically different to their strengths, their gifts, their clients that they're serving, how they want to walk through the world, the lifestyle they want to lead, all of those things, right? So super, super flexible framework, but there are two core pieces that we are really focused on inside my body of work. The first is understanding your good, better, best goals. And the first time that I sat down to create this for myself was in late 2017, where I really started to to ask myself radically different questions when it came to having a sense of financial stability, relief, spaciousness, ease, all of those things. Okay. So back in 2017, I was about a month shy from going on maternity leave with my second little boy. And I knew that I wanted to step into some big dreams this next year, which was maybe a little ambitious at the time, but where I was in my business back then is I had been in business for almost three years and I had finally started to create some momentum in 2017 by selling 
rolling out my first few retreats. I had just led a eight week group program that was phenomenal. Like things were really starting to build steam and momentum. And the last thing that I wanted to do, or maybe was scared to do was take my foot off the gas because what if it all went away? Okay. So there's definitely some fear (laughs) driving the decisions back then, but also it was like, what if I was able to make some big things possible? I just had to do it a little bit differently than what I'm used to because life was going to be different having two under two and my husband was getting ready to deploy. It was like a whole lot that year. Right. However, this exact question and this even willingness to explore it, right. The curiosity really allowed me to get laser clear on exactly how much I needed to be earning that following year, where I had a sense of financial stability, spaciousness, and relief. And good, better, best goals has become so foundational to like the first thing that I do with my clients, because what I find is that most of us are just pursuing these random numbers in the sky, right? Like we're pursuing numbers that people told us that we need to be pursuing in order to be successful, or we're pursuing numbers that feel like that's going to be more than enough. Like it's going to be abundant, whatever that is. Right. And so we're just pulling these numbers that feel good, but they're not necessarily really grounded in specificity. And that was one of the biggest ahas that I had sitting down and doing my first round of GBB goals back in 2017, because I had been pursuing six figures for a long, long, long time, right? Six figures is like the Holy grail. You need to have a six figure year and all of these things. And when I sat down to really look at how much I needed, I personally needed in order to feel financially secure, financially stable, where I was funding my personal needs and also starting to fund some dreams, I actually did not need a full six figures. It was very close. (laughs) It was $96,800 or something like that. Right. So very close to six figures, but for some reason, seeing that actual number that was unique to me and what I actually needed, there was a huge light bulb moment of like, Oh, Oh, okay. Wait a minute. It's so important to have specificity around your numbers that are personally meaningful for you. Okay. Now this might not seem like a huge aha, right? Maybe you are already pursuing very personally meaningful revenue goals for you. You understand exactly how much you need to be earning in order to cover all of your financial needs and start to fund your dreams. Okay. And if that's you, that's amazing. I am so glad that you have anchored revenue goals, but for the grand majority of the people that come into my world, when I ask them how much they want to make, it's like six figures or seven figures or some, some like very vague number that has no personal meaning to them. And that's why sitting down to do their good, better, best goals for the first time is such a potent, powerful moment for them because they're, they have never thought about money in this way. They have never thought about revenue goals from this perspective, and they have never had like laser clear, like down to the dollar, exactly how much they need to be earning in order to create financial stability, spaciousness, and relief, which is what your good goal is there to do. And also fund your most meaningful dreams, which is where your better and best goals come in. Okay. So understanding your good, better, best goals is really step one. So we know exactly what we're trying to get our businesses to do. Okay. We need to have some clarity around how much revenue we are looking to generate, because this starts to inform your price points for your offers. It starts to inform your strategy. It starts to inform your business model. Like so many things start to move from there. And I think that it's really wise to take a money first approach because money is like the air our businesses need to breathe. Okay. And prior to creating good, better, best goals, I thought pursuing money first was like terrible because it meant that I wasn't going to be prioritizing people or whatever that means. And all of like so many stories, right? So many stories attached to even wanting money to begin with focusing on money, like 
it was a whole thing, right? And if you were experiencing any of that, I know you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance that can show up when we're starting to prioritize money, right? In our businesses and what that means about us, okay? So that's no small thing. But what I want us all to be grounding down into is that money is just money, Okay. At the end of the day, money is just money. And my goal is I want people to feel more neutral about money. Like it's kind of like talking about the air we need to breathe, right? It's literally just a fact. It is a need for any business to be funded so it can continue serving its mission and purpose in the world. Okay. So calculating your good, better, best goals is one of those first few steps that really allows you to start thinking about things differently, not only from your revenue goals, but also your margins. And that is the thing that I weave into good, better, best goals, because it's not just about how much money you need to earn. It's really understanding how all of that money is really serving you behind the scenes and how you're allocating it behind the scenes. So your money is funding very specific needs and dreams. Okay. So good, better, best goals cannot say enough around why this piece is so incredibly important for every single business owner because one baked into this whole process is I'm starting to help you really ground down into your own version of success. It's not about what other people tell you that you want. It's about getting really clear on what your financial priorities and dreams are for you, how much those dreams and priorities cost and letting that vision really inform the revenue you need to be earning in order to fund all of those things for you. Okay. The second thing that a good, better, best goals do is that they also invite you to really focus on paying yourself. You are the most important member of your entire company's organization, because without you, the business is not going to function. The business is not going to survive. So making sure that you are financially taken care of, right? As step one, making sure that your needs are met and that your business is financially supporting you is a very, very important milestone for every single business owner to reach before we even start talking about wealth building or funding bigger dreams or any of those things. Okay. You have to be taken care of. And this is so incredibly important. So we don't end up in this space where we're starting to feel resentful of our businesses because we're putting in so much work, so much effort, and we're not feeling like we're getting that back in return. Okay. What happens is that a lot of us are actually unintentionally unconsciously structuring our businesses to pay us very little because we don't have any solid anchor points in which to base our price points and how much we truly need and all of these things. Okay. Good, better, best goals. So incredibly important. Now from here though, from here, if you have ever done a live value week with me, like a five-day training series, or if you've ever gone through any of my masterclasses, you know that where we go from your good, better, best goals is talking about how we're going to reach these goals, because there's 9 million ways for you to earn the money that you want to earn. Not all of those ways are going to be sustainable, right? And so what we really start talking about from this point is the anatomy of a sustainable business model, which is really the foundation of understanding your offer suite or your offer flow with how your offers really flow together to not only serve your ideal client, but also to create more sustainable sales within your business ecosystem. Okay. Now here's the thing. The one thing that nobody talks about, nobody and I, I really do feel like I have never heard any single person talk about this the way that I do, is that we have to assign financial responsibility within our business model for all of our offers, okay? This piece is key. And that is where the one key offer philosophy comes in, okay? So that's the second piece. So we have good, better, best goals, right? And how are we going to reach these goals and where does that one key offer really come into play? Okay. So when we're looking at a business model, right? 
one of the most foundational pieces, especially for service-based businesses, okay, is to have one key offer that can reach your good goal all on its own. Okay. One key offer that can reach your good goal all on its own. Okay. The reason that this is so important is because now we get to really laser focus our attention, our energy, our marketing strategy to make sure that this one key offer is creating financial stability for you all on its own. Because once that happens, now we have months and months and months of revenue coming in, right? So then we can start focusing on other aspects of our business model, whether that be, you know, through our free content or low cost content to bring more people into our world, or creating another offer that serves our clients in different ways, like whatever that looks like for you. Okay. This one key offer that can reach your good goal all by itself means that once that revenue is secured and coming in, you are good. You are golden seven key financial needs are being met for you for a full year. Okay. And this was exactly the shift that I made in 2017 when I sat down to create good, better, best goals for the first time. Right. Is I was like, okay, what's the easiest, most simplest, sustainable way for me to earn this money? Because I knew that I was not going to have a lot of time that next year was not going to have a lot of energy, had to be super mindful with how much I committed myself to inside my business, because there was just not a lot of me to go around. Right. I had two under two, my husband was deployed. Like there was a lot going on. And so that's where the one key offer came in. Like, what if I could earn all of this money with just one key offer? Right. And here's the really, really cool thing is that this one key offer back then it was not super high ticket, right? Which I don't even know if I like the word high ticket and low ticket, but that's another conversation. But regardless, this this one key offer that I launched in 2018 was super accessible. Like it was $150 a month for the lower level tier. And it was $350 a month for the higher level tier. And it was a 12 month offer. Okay. So that offer ended up doing like 60 K all on its own. And then I ended up adding on some other revenue streams later in the year. Like once my husband got back and I had more capacity and all of those things. Right. So this one key offer shift was like mind blowing for me and also very life changing. It shifted my trajectory. It made so much more possible. It was a very sustainable, scalable offer, which meant that I was earning more money by doing less because I had structured this to be more scalable in nature while still also honoring the intimacy and the connection that is so important for so many of us as service providers, right? So that is the current philosophy. And the reason that I really like this framework is one, it doesn't require a huge audience in order for you to really create that solid foundation. I have never had a big audience. Okay. <laughs> and I, that's actually by design. I really love not having a lot of pressure to go and grow and grow and grow and grow my audience. And what I do instead is I can literally do like two to three launches a year and bring 300 to 500 new people into my world each time, simply by doing that which means that I don't really lean on a lot of like consistent social media marketing, right? Which I used to beat myself up for so much along the way of like, I should be more visible. I should be more consistent and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, taking a step back and like really looking at what I've been able to create for myself is I actually have done pretty damn well without doing all of that content creation. It's definitely something that I want to be adding in more, but mostly because I want to build my body of work in like through my marketing at this point, right? Like, cause I've already built my body of work when it comes to my framework and my curriculum inside my offers and all of those things. Now it's really time to turn my attention of building my body of work inside my free content, which that gets me very excited and really creating a lot of assets and tools and things of that nature that can really help my people and really give them an introduction 
introduction to what it is that I do and how it is that I work and all of those other things. Okay. So because of this, right, because I don't need a huge audience, this is the other thing that allows a lot of my clients to create phenomenal growth without having to have a huge audience either. Okay. And I think that this is such a huge asset because building an audience takes time, especially if you're going to do it in the right way, where it's grounded in like authentic relationships and connection. Like you cannot just like turn on a switch and like buy people. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some people do, they buy followers. I didn't even know that that was a thing <laughs> for real. I remember um, doing a uh, intensive with somebody and they're like, have you ever bought followers? I was like, what? Like, is that even a thing? Like, where is there a marketplace for that? Like, it just blew my mind. Right. But if you want to build an audience, through organic connection and relationship building, that's going to take time, right? Because relationships take time of building trust and getting to know each other and like all of those things. And so the flex here is that we don't have to have a huge audience in order to sell out this one key offer. When I sold out my first one key offer, I had like 600 people on my email list and maybe 400 people in a Facebook group. And a lot of those people were like the same people, right? So that's like the beauty of this whole framework is a small audience you don't have to focus on a whole lot of growth every single day, which for me is way more spacious. I can focus on a couple of launches a year and really building connections with affiliate partners and all of those things throughout the year and add, you know, 300 to 500 new people into my world just by doing these launches, which I really personally love because I love to show up and teach and I love to deliver high value trainings and all of those things. So it really works to my strengths and my gifts. And so this has really worked for me over the years. Okay. The other thing that I think is really wise to think about is because it is really easy for us to put a lot of pressure on ourselves to grow a bigger audience, grow a bigger audience, grow a bigger audience. And it's like, it's exhausting, right? It is like being on a hamster wheel that has no end because there's always a bigger audience you can build. Okay. But the thing that I think a lot of us don't realize is that are we even able to serve a bigger audience with our current offer structure? And a lot of us, depending on how you have structured your offers and how scalable they are, right? Like, let's say you want to serve a hundred people a year, right? Thinking about how much of an audience you need to build in order for those 100 clients to come into your world, that can be a really anchoring place of thinking about the audience growth that's really needed for you to be full, for you to be maxed out, okay? Now, if you have offers that are highly, highly scalable, like where you can serve thousands of people, then yes, of course, it makes sense for you to go and build an audience of thousands and thousands of people because you can serve thousands and thousands of people. But for most of my clients, that's not how we have our businesses set up. We are really focusing on intimate containers where maybe we're bringing, you know, anywhere from like 20 to 50 people into a cohort, maybe at max 100. Right. And so a lot of us are in this hamster wheel of like growth, 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 when we can't even serve that many people to begin with. Right. And I'm sure you might have also received some Facebook messages from some of these, like, um, like call setters, right. And the pitch usually goes something like this. Like I just got one of these the other day and <laughs> says, do you want 25 to 40 new clients every month? And I'm like, that sounds absolutely terrible. Like that sounds so overwhelming to me. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Because in my current offers, like I don't have it set up that way. And I don't want to be serving that level of volume in my current offers and the work that we're doing. Like I really want to know each of my clients and their businesses and what their vision is and all of those things. Right. And that's just my personal approach. There's not like a right or wrong way to structure your offers. There's lots of different ways to build in intimacy, even inside larger containers. Okay. But just for where my business model is right now and how I have it set up, the idea of having 25 to 40 new clients every single month, like makes my nervous system like wig out. <laughs> 
And I'm like, not about that. So really thinking about the audience growth that's needed for your current offers, like for you to be maxed out can really help take some of that pressure off that you don't need a huge audience. You don't need a huge audience, right? You just need the right one. And that's what I have really focused on over the years and partnering with affiliates who are also serving my ideal clients. It's really been just a beautiful reciprocal relationship. So that is really my approach to business. It has served me very well. It has served my clients very well of really understanding your good, better, best goals, and then having one key offer that can at least reach your good goal. If not your better and best, that would be ideal, right? And then also really understanding the audience size that you need in order to sell out that one key offer. Okay. Whatever that offer looks like for you, that is like really the foundational pieces that I really lean on when it comes to sustainable business growth. And the thing that I love about this is that it's typically, I mean, I don't want to say like, it's a light lift, like you're not going to have to do anything. Like there's a lot of work going into this foundation, but when it comes to like really minimizing a lot of the pressure that you're putting on yourself on more and more and more and more and more, this really kind of takes your foot off the gas of like, no, 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 let's really focus on more of the right things, like the right audience, the right offer, the right price point that all makes sense for what I'm really wanting my business to do. Okay. So very, very grounded, which is, I think one of the reasons people love this framework so incredibly much, and especially for my multi-creative people like this really helps you start to laser focus your attention of like, let's do this one thing first, because if we can get this piece up and running and working in your business, it opens up so much more possibility for you to go and play with your creativity and create lots of other things without it needing to generate a profit right away, because you're already good. You're already covered with that one key offer that's reaching your good goal. Okay. So that's current framework. Now, <laughs> where this podcast all began is with me doing a one-on-one -on -one intensive with an attorney to talk about licensure and trademarks and like all of these things, right? For the money map. And one of the things that we found was that trademark issue, which has kind of put a pause on what am I going to name this thing? Okay. And that's like the frustrating thing because all of my body of work is like literally the same. It's ready to go. Like it is so ready to go big. And also like you have to have a name for something. <laughs> before you put it out into the world. So that's the frustrating piece. However, we finished our one-on-one -on -one intensive last week. And one of the things that we really got clear on is what this licensing model looks like for the money map, which was really, really exciting to me. And the thing that I'm envisioning here is one, I want the money map to be accessible to hundreds of thousands of business owners. Okay. Because these foundational tools are so incredibly key. Like we start with good, better, best goals inside the money map, but then we go into so many other processes for really helping you understand your cash flow, your price points, your business model, like your sales calendar, like so many beautiful things that literally every single business owner needs inside their businesses. And so when we were starting to think about what this licensing model looks like, it became very clear to me very quickly that we were really talking about scale here. Like bigger scale than I've ever really allowed myself to envision. I'm talking about maybe a hundred thousand people a year using the money map, maybe even more than that. Right. Um, and that is a very, very different model and also a very, very different marketing strategy than what I'm used to doing, which is really focusing on intimacy and smaller audiences. Right. And this is going to challenge me in completely new ways. As I start to think about is one, what does a strategy look like to really get the money map out there in that big of a way? Because I know if I want, let's say a hundred thousand users of the money map every single year, that's going to inform the level of audience that I need to be reaching because my whole audience isn't going to become users, right? Because we have conversion rates and all of those things. And so it's really, I mean, even just the idea of thinking of having a hundred 
100,000 users using the money map and starting to shift their relationship to money and starting to build money mastery and starting to approach their business financials from this completely different level, not to mention their personal financials from this completely different level. Like that gets me so incredibly excited. And I have so many fun ideas for like how this looks and partnerships, collaborations, really letting this be a platform for other money healers to come and add their gifts to the work that we're doing. Like it is just going to be so amazing. And also <laughs> the idea of really growing this to that level is really asking me to take a step back of what is the strategy to get there. And also it kind of comes back to the becoming question, right? And I mentioned on the last episode that I'm just kind of tired of becoming right now. <laughs> and I think the thing that I said that I have actually re-listened to is like, I just want this current version to be the one that's needed. And that has really kind of stuck with me ever since I ushered those words out of my mouth, because I was like, what if that's it? And what if instead of thinking that you have to become this more courageous, bold version of you or whatever that looks like, right? Like whatever story I'm telling myself, what if you just start pouring into the current version of you right here, right now, and really let this version be the one that carries you to this bigger vision of having the money map in hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs hands, right? So one thing to know about me, if we ever do like a launch specific episode where I take you behind the scenes of like my energetic practices, <laughs> you'll, you'll hear this too, is I have a very consistent walking practice. And walking is just so incredibly helpful for me when I'm moving through like a lot of expansion because it helps me ground my energy and it also helps me burn my energy. And just from an astrology standpoint, I am a triple fire. So I am a Leo sun, a Leo rising and an Aries moon. So I have a lot of like get up and go like fire energy. And so if I don't have a way to like burn that out, like literally... <laughs> Like I don't do well. And so when I'm moving through expansive periods, I really make sure that I'm out there walking and I just like move my energy down into the earth. But this is also a really great time for me to like clear my head and be very aware of my self-talk. And I was out on this walk yesterday with my kids and really thinking about this bigger vision that's coming into view wondering like, is this part of my current business model? Is this entirely different business that I'm starting? Like that is still yet to be seen. And I'm sure that it will speak to me as we start to take action on this thing. But the thing that I was also aware of is like, what would it be like to talk to yourself right here in the current version versus feeling like you need to become something new, something better, um, you know, whatever that is. And two of the phrases that came to me right away, is like, you can do this and I believe in you. And it's so incredibly simple, right? Like <laughs> you can do this and I believe in you. But those are two phrases that I'm really grounding down into right now to really partner with this current version of me. Like, you got this, like you got this, you can do this. I believe in you. You will always figure it out. Right. And so that's really kind of on repeat in my mind as I'm even just starting to let this bigger vision, like become a possibility for me. And I think that that's the thing It's like, before we step into something bigger, the possibility has to feel possible for us, right? Before it can become probable, like we have to start with possibility first. And from that place, we move it closer and closer to probability until it's actually done. And so I'm really focusing on what that self-talk really looks like for me right here, right now, as I think about having the money map in hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs' hands that is helping them build money mastery and partnering with their money in such an intimate way. Like, oh, it just like literally makes me want to cry even thinking about having that level of impact. So as you can tell, like this model is completely different <laughs> than what I am used to stepping into. It's asking me to think differently. It's asking me to think about what supports I might need. Like what's the best way to go here? Like, is there funding that's involved? And I'm, I'm excited by that of really thinking about how do, you know, things that go this big, like 
how are they getting in front of more and more people? I would imagine there's got to be some PR that's probably in the background, like helping them expand their reach and get in front of more and more people. How does this look doing it sustainably? Like those, those are all kind of questions that I'm asking myself. I think the thing that I am also aware of is I've built my business with a small audience because that feels really regulated for my nervous system. And I'm having to start to become aware of some of the stories that I've told myself about what it means um, to be more visible, to be serving like an even bigger audience and what that looks like, like what my role in that might be. So definitely um, on the theme of becoming, <laughs> but also like more being, I definitely think there are some new things starting to come online for me as I just even explore this dream and this vision. And that's some really exciting things. So where I want to wrap up this episode is I really want to invite you to calculate your good, better, best goals with me. I cannot say enough around why these numbers are so incredibly important for you to know as a business owner. So you can start thinking about money in a way that is very personally meaningful for you. So you can start thinking about your margins and what that money is actually doing behind the scenes. So you also have like a future vision of how these margins will grow and what it will allow you to do as you step into more and more revenue. And simply going through the process of calculating your good, better, best goals is going to ask you to meet with your money. It's going to ask you to get specific with it. It's going to ask you to really look at what it is that you want to provide for yourself. It's going to ask you to get really clear on what your financial priorities are, what your financial dreams are, when you want to reach those dreams and all of those things. So we can calculate what these good, better, best goals look like for you. The thing that I love so much about these is one is that every single person's GBB goals are different. And when you see your numbers pop up for the first time, you're like, oh my gosh, like these are my numbers. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite ahas to deliver for people. So if you are ready to calculate your good, better, best goals, this is a $97 mini course that is stacked full of all kinds of money wisdom that I know will continue to serve you over and over and over again. Because here's the magic with good, better, best goals. These grow with you as you grow, as does the entire money map for that matter. Once you reach your good, better, best goals that you set, right? It's time to set an all new set of them. So this framework really does allow you to create more and more money momentum as you are building the business model that can reach these goals. And then we create all new goals and we look at what needs to shift in your business model to reach those and so on. And so it's really allowing you to build longevity in your body of work. It's allowing you to build really powerful foundations and also helping you start to think about how can I leverage the things that I'm creating in different ways to earn more and more money that is very specific to me and why that money needs to be earned. Okay. So if you're interested in calculating your good, better, best goals, definitely find that link down in the show notes. And from here, my friends, we will go ahead and wrap up this episode for today. And until next time, here's to the courage to keep showing up. Even when things feel uncertain, knowing, trusting, believing that the next right step is always on its way. See you soon.